Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Wittgen-Walter. Today we're going to be reading Chapter 7 of Pre-Existence, pages 79 through 86. The title of the chapter is Different Grades of Intelligence. We'll get into the reader program first, which will be about 18 minutes long. And then we'll get into the reading and commentary portion of the program. During the recorded or the pre-recorded portion of the program, uh, the fun lines will be open for any questions or comments. uh, And I will answer those calls off air after the pre-recorded portion of the program. I will take calls live and... uh, I'll answer questions in the chat room as well. You can find the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. Usually between the hours of 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. The guest call in number is 917-889-889. 8827. That's 917-889-8827. That is a U.S. area code. Uh, The phone number is based out of Manhattan, New York, or New York City. Thank you for listening. Different Grades of Intelligence, Chapter 7 of Pre-Existence. Pages 79 to 86 in the pre-mortal life, spiritual children of God were of many different grades of intelligence. There were more classifications and differences then than we are familiar with here and now. Some were very wicked, others were noble. But the whole spiritual family had different desires, likes and dislikes, just as they do when they arrive and live on earth. Joseph Fielding Smith God gave his children their free agency even in the spirit world, by which the individual spirits had the privilege, just as men have here, of choosing the good and rejecting the evil, or partaking of the evil to suffer the consequences of their sins. Because of this, some even there were more faithful than others in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Some were of greater intelligence than others, as we find it here, and won it accordingly. The spirits of men had their free agency, Some were greater than others, and from among them the Father called and foreordained his prophets and rulers. Jeremiah and Abraham were two of them. The spirits of men were not equal. They may have had an equal start, and we know they were all innocent in the beginning. But the right of free agency which was given to them enabled some to outstrip others, and thus, through the eons of immortal existence, to become more intelligent, more faithful, for they were free to act for themselves to think for themselves, 
to receive the truth or rebel against it. Joseph Smith, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, The First Principles of Man are Self-Existent with God. God himself, finding he was in the midst of spirits and glory, because he was more intelligent, saw proper to institute laws whereby the rest could have a privilege to advance like himself. The relationship we have with God places us in a situation to advance in knowledge. He has power to institute laws to instruct the weaker intelligences, that they may be exalted with himself, so that they might have one glory upon another, and all that knowledge, power, glory, and intelligence, which is requisite in order to save them in the world of spirits. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Can any man tell the variety of the spirits there are? No, he cannot even tell the variety that there is in the portion of his dominions in which God has placed us, on this earth upon which we live, for we can see an endless variety on this little spot, which is nothing but a garden spot in comparison to the rest of the kingdoms of our God. Again, you may observe the people, and you will see an endless variety of disposition, and an endless variety of physiognomy. Bring the millions of faces before you, and where can you find two faces precisely alike in every point? Where can you find two human beings precisely alike in the organization of their bodies with the spirits? Where can you point out two precisely alike in every particular in their temperaments and dispositions? Where can you find two who are so operated upon precisely alike by a superior power that their lives, their actions, their feelings, and all pertaining to human life are alike? I conclude that there is as great a variety in the spiritual as there is in the temporal world and I think that I am just in my conclusion. You will see people possessed of different spirits, but I will say to you what I have heretofore frequently said, and what Brother Joseph Smith has said, and what the scripture teaches, your spirits when they came to take tabernacles were pure and holy, and prepared to receive knowledge, wisdom, and instruction, and to be taught while in the flesh, so that every son and daughter of Adam, if they would apply their minds to wisdom, and magnify their callings, and improve upon every grace and means given them, would have tickets for the boxes, to use Brother Hyde's figure, instead of going into the pit. There is no spirit but what was pure and holy, when it came here from the celestial world. There is no spirit among the human family that was begotten in hell, none that were begotten by angels, or by an inferior being. They were not produced by any being less than our Father in heaven. He is the father of our spirits, and if we could know, understand, and do his will, every soul would be prepared to return back into his presence. And when they get there, they would see that they had formerly lived there for ages, that they had previously been acquainted with every nook and corner, with the palaces, walks, and gardens, and they would embrace their father, and he would embrace them and say, My son, my daughter, I have you again. And the child would say, Oh my father, my father, I'm here again. These are the facts in the case, and there are none ticketed for the pit, unless they fill up the ticket themselves through their own misconduct. Are all spirits endowed alike? No, not by any means. We'll all be equal in the celestial kingdom? By no means. Some spirits are more noble than others. Some are capable of receiving more than others. There is the same variety in the spirit world that you behold here, yet they are of the same parentage, of one Father, one God, to say nothing of who He is. They are all of one parentage, 
Although there is a difference in their capacities and nobility, and each one will be called to fill the station for which he is organized, and which he can fill. Pali P. Pratt, Journal of Discourses, in the first place, if all men were created alike, if all had the same degree of intelligence and purity of disposition, all would be equal. But, notwithstanding the declaration of American sages, and of the fathers of our country, to the contrary, it is a fact that all beings are not equal in their intellectual capacity, in their dispositions, and in the gifts and callings of God. It is a fact that some beings are more intelligent than others, and some are endowed with abilities or gifts which others do not possess. In organizing and peopling the worlds, it was found necessary to place among the inhabitants some superior intelligences, who were capacitated to teach, to rule, and preside among other intelligences. In short, a variety of gifts, and adaptations to the different arts, sciences, and occupations, was as necessary as the uses and benefits arising therefrom have proved to be. Hence one intelligence is peculiarly adapted to one department of usefulness, and another to another. We read much in the Bible in relation to choice or election, on the part of deity, towards intelligences in his government on earth, whereby some were chosen to fill stations very different from others. And this election not only affected the individuals thus chosen, but their posterity for long generations, or even forever. It may be inquired where this election first originated, and upon what principle a just and impartial God exercises the elective franchise. We will go back to the earliest knowledge we have of the existence of intelligences. We learn from the writings of Abraham and others, and from modern revelation, that the intelligences that now inhabit these tabernacles of earth were living, active intelligences in yonder world, while the particles of matter which now compose our outward bodies were yet mingled with their native element. That then our embodied spirits lived, moved, conversed, and exercised an agency. All intelligences which exist possess a degree of independence in their own sphere. For instance, the bee can go at will in search of honey, or remain in the hive. You can visit one flower or another, as independent in its own sphere as God is in his. We find a degree of independence in everything which possesses any degree of intelligence, that thinks, moves, or acts, because the very principle of voluntary action implies an independent will to direct such action. Among the intelligences which existed in the beginning, some were more intelligent than others, or, in other words, more noble. And God said to Abraham, These I will make my rulers. God said unto Abraham, Thou art one of them. Thou hast chosen before thou hast born. Noble. Does he use the word noble? Yes. The word noble, or that which signified it, was used in conversation between God and Abraham, and applied to superior intelligences on earth, and which had pre-existed in the heavens. I am aware that the term is greatly abused, in Europe and elsewhere, being applied to those titled, and to those who inherit certain titles and estates, whether they are wise men or fools, virtuous or vicious. A man may even be an idiot, a drunkard, an adulterer, or a murderer, and still be called a nobleman by the world. And all this because his ancestor, for some worthy action, or perhaps for being skilled in murder and robbery, under the false glare of military glory, obtained a title, and the possession of a large estate, from which he had helped to drive the rightful occupant. 
Now the Lord did not predicate his principle of election or nobility upon such an unequal, unjust, and useless order of things. When he speaks of nobility, he simply means an election made, and an office or a title conferred, on the principle of superiority of intellect, or nobleness of action, or of capacity to act. And when this election, with its titles, dignities, and estates, includes the unborn posterity of a chosen man, as in the case of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it is with a view of the noble spirits of the eternal world coming through their lineage, and being taught in the commandments of God. Hence the prophets, kings, priests, patriarchs, apostles, and even Jesus Christ, were included in the election of Abraham, and of his seed, as manifested to him in an eternal covenant. Although some eternal intelligences may be superior to others, and although some are more noble, and consequently are elected to fill certain useful and necessary offices for the good of others, yet the greater and the less may both be innocent, and both be justified, and be useful, each in their own capacity. If each magnify their own calling, and act in their own capacity, it is all right. It may be inquired, why God made one unequal to another, or inferior in intellect or capacity. To which I reply, that he did not create their intelligence at all. It never was created, being an inherent attribute of the eternal element called spirit, which element composes each individual spirit, and which element exists in an infinitude of degrees in the scale of intellect, in all the varieties manifested in the eternal God, and thence to the lowest agent, which acts by its own will. It is a fixed law of nature that the higher intelligence presides over, or has more or less influence over, or control of, that which is less. The Lord, in surveying the eternal intelligences which stood before him, found some more noble or intellectual than others, who were equally innocent. This being so, he exercised the elective franchise upon wise principles, and, like a good and kind father among his children, he chose those for rulers who were most capable of benefiting the residue. Among these was our noble ancestor, Abraham. If we were like the people before the flood, full of violence and oppression, or if we, like the Sodomites or Canaanites, were full of all manner of lawless abominations, holding promiscuous intercourse with the other sex, and stooping to a level with the brute creation, and predisposing our children, by every means in our power, to be fully given to strange and unnatural lusts, appetites, and passions, would it not be a mercy to cut us off, root and branch, and thus put an end to our increase upon the earth? You will all say it would. The spirits in heaven would thank God for preventing them from being born into the world under such circumstances. Would not the spirits in heaven rejoice in the covenant and blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in relation to the multiplying of their seed, and in every additional wife which God gave to them as a means of multiplying? Yes, they would, for they could say in dash, now there is an opportunity for us to take bodies in the lineage of a noble race and to be educated in the true science of life, and in the commandments of God. Oh what an unspeakable contrast between being a child of Sodom and a child of Abraham. Now, Abraham, by his former superiority of intelligence and nobility, by his former election before the world was, and by conducting himself in this world, so as to obtain the renewal of the same according to the flesh, brought upon his posterity, as well as upon himself, that which will influence them more or less to the remotest generations of time, and in eternity. Paul, 
The great apostle of the Gentiles, when speaking upon this subject, testifies that the children of Israel differ in every way from the Gentiles, for to them, says he, pertains the election, the covenants, the promises, the service of God, the adoption, the glory, the giving of the Lord, and the coming of Christ in the flesh. Here I would inquire, if it is anything inconsistent, or derogatory to the character of a good or impartial father, who loves all his children, for him to elect or appoint one of them to fulfill a certain purpose or calling, and another to fulfill another useful calling? Is it anything strange for a person to be stronger than another, for one person to serve another, or for one person to have a more numerous posterity than another? Is it anything strange or unrighteous for one person to be a farmer, a wine dresser, or a builder, and another a teacher, a governor, or a minister of justice and equity? What is more natural, more useful, or just, than for a father who discovers the several abilities or adaptations of his children, to appoint them their several callings or occupations? God did not say that Jacob should be saved in the kingdom of God, and Esau be doomed to eternal hell, without any regard to their deeds. But he simply said that two distinct nations, widely differing, should spring from them, and one should be stronger than the other, and the elder should serve the younger. If one nation is stronger than the other, it can assist to defend the other. If the one nation serves the other, it will have a claim on the disremuneration for services rendered. If one inherits a blessing or priesthood, through which all nations shall be blessed, surely the nation which is composed of his brother's children will have an early claim on salvation through this ministry. I should esteem it a great privilege if, while I was serving my brother, and we were both partaking of the fruits of my labors, he should be elected to a priesthood, through the ministry of which myself and all my posterity, as well as his own, might be taught, exalted, and eternally saved. By our mutual labors, then, we could be mutually benefited in time and in eternity. Chapter 8 Lucifer and the Evil Spirits Alright, now we'll get into the reading portion with commentary. Once again, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. Different Grades of Intelligence, Chapter 7 of Pre-Existence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pages 79 to 86. In the pre-mortal life, spiritual children of God were of many different grades of intelligence. There were more classifications and differences than, than, than we are familiar with here and now. Some were very wicked, others were noble, but the whole spiritual family had different desires, likes and dislikes, just as they do when they arrive and live on the earth. Joseph Fielding Smith in Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 1, pages 58 and 59 stated, and Joseph Fielding Smith was one of the presidents of the church, God gave his children their free agency even in the spirit world by which the individual spirits had the privilege, just as men have here, of choosing the good and rejecting the evil, of partaking of the evil to suffer the consequences of their sins. Because of this, some even there. Uh, because of this, some even there were more faithful 
than others in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Some were of greater intelligence than others, as we find it here, and were honored accordingly. The spirits of men had their free agency. Some were greater than others, and from among them the Father called and foreordained his prophets and rulers. Jeremiah and Abraham were two of them. The spirits of the spirits of men were not equal. They had they may have had an equal start, and we know they were all innocent in the beginning, but the right of free agency which was given to them enabled some to outstrip others and thus through the eons of immortal existence to become more intelligent more faithful, for they were free to act for themselves, to think for themselves, and to receive the truth or rebel against it, end quote. All right, I got to talk about something, something that came up because of reading this thing, okay? So if spirits in the pre-existence were free to choose good or evil, um, then they knew the difference between good and evil before the fall. Which means that they lived on a fallen earth. Um, it wasn't until Adam and Eve partook of the fruit that this world fell. Now, when we're in the telestial phase of this earth, that's, you know, after the fall, we know good and evil. We have the light of Christ within us. And we're taught by prophets, seers, and revelators. Um, but the time will come during the terrestrial phase of this earth and the celestial phase of this earth. Well, because of the fall, we will know the difference between good and evil. But for this earth, it didn't happen until after the fall of Adam and Eve. But in the pre-existence, they knew the difference between good and evil. That's why there were spirits who sinned. Because they lived at the end of a terrestrial um, phase of the earth, right before a celestial. So when this earth becomes a great Urim and Thummim, according to John in the book of Revelations, there will be a new heaven and a new earth that are created. And at that point, this earth becomes a celestial sphere and those individuals who are not prepared to dwell on that celestial sphere must move to a new earth. One of the things that God showed me is that after we die, we, there's a judgment. But the great secret is we might be damned in our state of resurrection at the end of of the history of this earth, at the great white throne judgment. But we have the opportunity to put off our resurrections and to go as spirits to a new earth to gain more experiences in a mortal probation to gain a higher resurrection. We are damned in our resurrection unless we're exalted. And what, that's, what, what does that mean? 
If we are if we are damned in a celestial state of resurrection or a terrestrial state of resurrection, we will have immortality, but we will not be able to progress beyond the bounds of the celestial or the terrestrial. And even if we are given a celestial resurrection, if we are not exalted, we are damned in a state of resurrection where we cannot progress. But because God allows us to put off our resurrection and to go back on a new earth, we can go through multiple mortal probations so that we can progress and learn and grow and become exalted beings in a in the process of time this is how jesus christ was a god before he was ever born on this earth he put off his resurrection from a previous mortal pro, uh, probation uh, an earth round he was chosen to be the savior of this world and he had to wait to gain a body again until he came in the meridian of time. And when he came in the meridian of time, he went through a mortal probation and he atoned for the sins of this world, broke the bands of death, and was resurrected as a celestial, exalted being. Before his death, he would say, be therefore perfect even as my Father in heaven is perfect. But when he went to among the Nephites, he would say, be therefore perfect even as I and my Father are perfect. He was telling you that there is a path of ascension that you can attain unto to attain the perfection that he has, that he and his Father has. But he did not get that perfection until he went through the ordinance of the atonement for an earth. He did not attain unto that perfection before before he went through what he went through. It was only after he went through that and was resurrected that he said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as I and my Father are perfect. And this takes... It takes uh, multiple mortal probations. You don't just get your exaltation because you got a temple recommend and you got sealed in the temple and you pay your tithing and whatever. You have to be a prophet. And there are different levels of prophets. And then you have to enter into the first level of the celestial kingdom, which is to be a witness. To be chosen to be God the witness or a spouse to God the witness when he comes in mortality. And then you will enter the second level of the celestial kingdom which is the level of redemption to be a redeemer of the world or to be the spouse of a redeemer of a world. So Mary Magdalene, 
Elizabeth, the other Mary, Ariana. There's a bunch of them that were wives to Jesus Christ. Yeah, he actually did have multiple wives. I know some of you don't like polygamy, but I'm sorry. You need to get over it if you can. Because the fact of the matter is there are many more elect females who need to be sealed to a male. And guess what? There are many, many females sealed to Jesus Christ and to Joseph Smith, for that matter. It doesn't mean that they were all sexually active with each other. The sealing ordinance doesn't require sexual activity. It's a spiritual ordinance, not a carnal ordinance. But... But the wives of Jesus ascended with him. Now, the next level of... The next level for Jesus' exaltation to be that of God the Father. And then there are levels higher than the celestial kingdom that are talked about in, I think they're DNC section 76, where it talks about the stone that we're, the white stone that we're given so we can see orders higher than the celestial kingdom. And that's when you get into the, uh, the Elohim positions or the mighty one positions and you help others create earths. You, uh, you instruct them and show them how to create earths. And on, the chain, uh, on up the chain you go. Anyway, Joseph Smith, <clears throat> and we're on page 80 if you're following along, we're only at 10%. Joseph Smith and teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 354 stated, The first principles of man are self-existent with God. God himself, finding he was in the midst of spirits and glory because he was more intelligent, saw proper to institute laws whereby the rest could have privilege to advance like himself. The relationship we have with God places us in a situation in advance, uh, a situation to advance in knowledge. He has power to institute laws and to instruct the weaker intelligence that they may be exalted with himself so that they might have one glory upon another and all knowledge, power, glory, and intelligence which is requisite in order to save them in the world of spirits. End quote. I love this, but it's just, it's introductory. There's more to it than this. So, I don't want to correct Joseph Smith too much, but I do want to help you understand what he's saying. The first principles of man are self-existent with God because the intelligence is self-existent. In fact, we become self-aware without assistance from anyone else. And then when we become self-aware, there are those who who help us to learn and grow. They come in as mothers and fathers and nurture us as young spirits and help us to grow and teach us what the laws of the universe are. Now, the laws of the universe, when God first became a spirit, after he became self-aware and his intelligence separated and there was a masculine and a feminine and all that. He didn't know any of this stuff. It was through the process of time that he, as an inquisitive 
person with his wife and others, they wanted to understand things and they learned and they growed and they grew and they learned that there are laws which govern the universe and those laws are eternal and that the elements are eternal and that the intelligence is eternal and through the process of time they learned to manipulate and organize the elements and the laws got himself finding he was in the midst of spirit and glory let me say he was in the midst of intelligence and they became spirits and in the process of time they organized into different groups and they learned and they grow they grew and they they were able to in the process of time come up with these planets uh, and organize them so that there could be physical life upon them and they um, organized different things and they they came up with this plan of salvation uh, they figured out that if they need to get rid of really bad spirits they can throw them into the event horizon of a black hole I'm pretty sure that there are spirits that were good that accidentally went beyond the event horizon they didn't know any better of black holes and they got sucked into it and then others realized oh what's going on here you know this is a process of learning we suppose that God was all-knowing from the beginning and this simply is not the case and we are all from the same intelligence or substance that God comes from that's why we're his children that's why we can become like he is all right let's see here I'm just gonna go to the next quote you can go back and read that if you want that was a uh, well that's 15% into it anyway Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 268-269, stated, Can any man tell the variety of the spirits there are? No, he cannot even tell the variety that there is in the portion of his dominion in which God has placed us. On this earth upon which we live, for we can see an endless variety on this little spot. I think he's talking about this earth, which is nothing but a garden spot in comparison to the rest of the kingdoms of our God. Again, you may observe the people and you will see an endless variety of dispositions and an endless variety of um, physion physiognomy. I guess that's what that word is. Let me just define that word because I've never seen that word before in my life before today. Physiognomy. Physiognomy. A, a person's face features or expresses expression, especially when regarded in, as indicative of character or ethnic origin. 
friends began to notice a change of his physiognomy. Physiognomy? I guess. Huh, that's interesting. It comes from late Middle English. 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 <laughs> late Middle English and Old French. Um, physiognomy via medieval Latin from Greek. Physiognomonia. Oh, yes. Okay, whatever. Anyway, that's interesting. Endless variety of physiognomy. <laughs> Bring the millions of faces before you and, and where you can find two faces precisely alike in every point. Where can you find two human human beings precisely alike in the organization of their bodies with their spirits? Where can you point out two precisely alike in every particular in their temperaments and dispositions? Where can you find two who are so operated upon precisely alike by a superior power that their lives, their actions, their feelings, and all pertaining to human life are alike? I conclude that there is a great a variety in the spiritual as there is in the temporal world. It's because we all have different, um, we're all at different levels of, of ascension and progression. Uh, we're all different ages, actually. And I think that I may, I'm sorry, and I think that I am just in my conclusion. Okay, so he feels like he's just in what he sees. You will see people possessed of different spirits, but I will say to you what I have hereto frequently said and what Brother Joseph has said on page 81 and what the scriptures teaches your spirit when they came to take the tabernacle were pure and holy and prepared to receive knowledge, wisdom, and instruction and to be taught while in the flesh so that every son and daughter of Adam, if they would apply their mind, minds to wisdom and magnify their callings and improve upon every grace and means given them, would have tickets for, bo- for the boxes to use Brother Hyde's figure instead of going into the pit. There is no spirit but what was pure and holy when it came here from a celestial world. There is no spirit among the human family that was begotten in hell. None that were begotten by angels or by an inferior being. They were not produced by any any being less than our Father in heaven. He is the Father of our spirits. And if we could know, understand, and do his will, every soul would be prepared to return back into his presence. And when they get there, they would see that they had formerly lived there for ages, that they had previously been acquainted with every nook and corner, with the palaces, the walls, the gardens, and they would embrace their father, and he would embrace them and say, My son, my daughter, I have you again. And the child would say, Oh, my father, my father, 
I am here again. These are the facts in the case. There are none ticketed for the pit unless they fill up that ticket themselves through their own misconduct. Are, are all spirits endowed alike? No, not by any means. Will all be equal in the celestial kingdom? By no means, no. Some spirits are more noble than others. Some are capable of receiving more than others. There is the same variety in the spirit world that you behold here. Yet they are of the same parentage. Of one father, one God, to say nothing of who he is. They are all of one parentage, though there is a difference in their capacities and nobility and each one will be called to fill the station for which he is organized and which he can fill. Uh, which he can fill. All right, so let's see here. Oh, seriously. Like, I thought I turned it down. Sorry, I do that so I can... Uh, that's the reader program, and I can read it without it playing. But I want to see... Uh, the percentage of where I'm at so I'll click that thing and it'll let me know what my percentage is and so far we're only six minutes into what the reader portion would allocate as you know where we're at but it's 36% we're on page 82 and I'm going to take just a second to pause this and get a drink and then I'll be right back Okay, I'm back. Actually, most of the time I just find a spot to end it, and then I, um, I'll restart it without saying anything. And when I listen to the program after, I can't even hardly tell, but whatever. Anyway, we're at 36% right now, and we're on page 82 for those of you who are reading along. Parley P. Pratt, in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 257 to 260, stated, In the first place, if all men were created alike, if we had the same degree or intelligence and purity of disposition, all would be equal. And you know what? I would agree with him if the fact of the matter was that we did not have multiple mortal probations were in different levels of progression and ascension. But the fact of the matter is we were all created equal and we are at different levels of ascension. We are at different uh, ages. Okay, just like everybody is different age on the earth. All the spirits are different ages. They were not all created at the same time. Um, there are different levels of ascension. There are different levels of knowledge and intelligence. They are placed in their positions of life and mortality to go through those positions of life and immortality that will be best for their spiritual growth. Continuing on with uh, Parley P. Pratt. But notwithstanding the declaration of American sages and of the fathers of our country, to the contrary, it is all fa a fact that all beings are not equal in their intellectual capacity, in their dispositions, and in their gifts and callings of God. 
It is a fact that some beings are more intelligent than others, and some are endowed with abilities or gifts which others do not possess. In organizing and peopling the worlds, plural, it was found necessary to place among the inhabitants some superior intelligences who are cap- uh, who were capacitated to teach, to rule, and to preside among other intelligences. In short, a variety of gifts and adaptations to the different arts, sciences, and occupations was as necessary as the uses and benefits arising therefrom have proved to be. Hence, one intelligence is particularly adapted to one department of usefulness and another to another. We read much in the Bible in relation to a choice or election on the part of deity towards intelligences in his government on earth. And I don't know why he keeps on using intelligences, because he should be using spirit, okay? The intelligence has no self-awareness. When it becomes self-aware, it becomes a spirit. That's the difference between intelligences and spirit. We are intelligence, but we become self-aware and we are spirit. No longer, no longer just intelligence. Anyway, uh, towards intelligences in his government on earth, whereby some were chosen to fill stations very different from others, and this election not only affected the individuals thus chosen, but their posterity for long generations, or even forever. It may be inquired where this election first or originated and upon what principle is a just and impartial God exercises the elective franchise. Sometimes the speech and word usage of people in the 19th century during, you know, back in the 1800s, it, it just, I don't understand how they put words together and it, it takes me a minute to read it and say, oh, well, was that what he means? You know, Anyway, continuing on, we will go back to the earliest knowledge we have on the existence of intelligences. We learn from the writings of Abraham and others and from modern revelation that the intelligences that now inhabit these tabernacles of earth were living active intelligences in yonder world. Oh my gosh, Parley, I just want to smack him. I'm sorry. I know. I sound like I know more than they do. It's because I do know more than they do. They they gleaned from what Joseph Smith taught, and they ran with it. But they did not completely understand certain things, you know. And the reason I understand certain things is because God has shown me these things independent of Joseph Smith or anyone else. God has revealed to me a great deal a great many things face to face like he revealed things to Moses like a lot of the experiences that Moses went through I've been through a lot of them but even more God has shown me a lot more than um, than what most people are ready for hold on here 
So I'm going to correct Parley. And if you're reading along, you're going to read the words that he wrote, but I'm going to say it the way he should have said it. Let's see here. We learn from the writings of Abraham and others and from modern revelation that the spirits that are now inhabiting these bodies of earth were living active spirits in yonder world, while the particles of matter which now compose our outward bodies yet were mingled with their native element, that, that then our bodies, spirits lived, moved and conversed and exercised an agency, all spirits which existed possess I'm sorry, all spirits which exist possess a degree of independence in their own sphere. For instance, the bee can go and it will search for honey or remain in the hive. Or on page 85. And by the way, we're at 50%. They can visit one flower or another and as independent in its own sphere as God is in his, we find a degree of independence in everything which possesses any degree of intelligence that thinks, moves, or acts because the very principle of voluntary action implies an independent will to direct such actions. Among the spirits which existed in the beginning were some more intelligent than others, or in other words, more noble. And God said to Abraham, These I will make my rulers. God said unto Abraham, And thou art one of them, thou wast chosen before thou was born. Noble. Does, does he use the word noble? Yes, the word noble. Or that which signified it was used in conversation between God and Abraham and applied to the superior intelligences or spirits on earth and which had a pre-existence in the heavens. I am aware that the term is greatly abused in Europe and elsewhere being applied to those titled and to those who inherit certain titles and estates, whether they were wise men or fools, virtuous or vicious, A man may even be an idiot, a drunkard, an adulterer, or a murderer and still be called a nobleman by the world. And all this because his ancestor, for some worthy action or perhaps for being skilled in murder and robbery under the false glare of military glory, obtained a title and possession of a large estate from which he had helped to drive the the rightful occupant. Now the Lord did not predicate his principles of election or nobility upon such an unequal, unjust, or useless order of things. When he speaks of nobility, he simply means an election made and an office or a title conferred on the principle of superiority of an intellect or nobleness of action or of capacity to act And when this election with its title, dignities, and estates include the unborn posterity of a chosen man, as in the case of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it is with the view of the noble spirit of the eternal world coming through their lineage 
and being taught in in the commandments of God. Hence the prophets, kings, priests, patriarchs, apostles, and even Jesus Christ were included in the election of Abraham and of his seed as manifested to him in an eternal covenant. Although some eternal intelligence may be superior to others, and although some are more noble and consequently are elected to fill certain useful and necessary offices for the good of others, yet the greater and the less may, may both be innocent and both be justified and be useful each in their own capacity. If each magnifies their own calling and act, and act in their own capacity, it is all right. It may be inquired why God made one unequal to another or inferior in intellect or capacity, to which I reply that he did not create their intelligence at all. It never was created, being an inherent attribute of the eternal element called spirit, I don't know why he gets these mixed up. The eternal element is intelligence, which element composes the individual spirit. But he's just confused. But, you know, he knows more than most Mormons do, obviously. Most people don't know anything about these things, especially in the church. Anyway, and which element exists in the infinitude of degrees in the scale of intellect in all the variety varieties manifested in the eternal in the eternal god and hence to the lost agent which acts by its own will it is fixed law of nature that the higher intelligence presides over and has more or less influence or control of that which is less the Lord, in surveying the eternal intelligence which stood before him, found some more noble or intellectual than others who were equally innocent. This being so, he exercised an elective franchise upon wise principles, and like a good and kind father among his children, he chose those for rulers who were most capable of benefiting the residue. Among these were our noble ancestors, Abraham. <clears throat> if we were like the people before the flood, full of violence and oppression, or if we, like the Sodomites or Canaanites, were full of all manner of lawlessness, or lawless abominations, holding promiscuous intercourse with the other sex, or even the same sex, and stooping to a level which the brute creation and predisposing or predisposing our children by every means to in our power to be fully given to strange and unnatural lusts, appetite, and passions, would it not be a mercy to cut us off, root and branch, and add thus, add thus? put an end to our increase upon the earth? You will say it would. The spirits in heaven would thank God for preventing them from being born into the world such in, under such circumstances. On page 85 at 78%. Would not the spirits in heaven rejoice in the covenant and blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in relation to the multiplying of their seed and in every additional wife 
which God gave to them as a means of multiplying? Yes, they would. For they could say, now is an opportunity for us to take bodies in the lineage of a noble race and be educated in the true science of life and in the commandments of God. Oh, what an unspeakable contrast between being a child of Sodom and a child of Abraham. Abraham, by his former superiority of intelligence and nobility, by his former election before the world was, and by conducting himself in this world so as to obtain the renewal of the same according to the flesh, brought upon his posterity as well as upon himself that which will influence them more or less to the remotest generations of time and in eternity." Paul, the great apostle of the Gentiles, when speaking upon the subject, testifies that the children of Israel differ in every way from the Gentiles. For to them, says he, pertains the election, the covenants, and the promises, the service of God, the adoption, the glory, and giving the law, and coming of Christ in the flesh, and the coming of Christ in the flesh. Here I would inquire, if it is anything inconsistent or derogatory to the character of a good or impartial father who loves all his children for him to elect or appoint one of them to fulfill a certain purpose or calling and another to fulfill another useful calling. Is it anything strange for one person to be stronger than another, for one person to serve another or for one person to have a more numerous posterity than another? Is it anything strange for unrighteous or unrighteous for one person to be a farmer, a wine dresser, or a builder, and, and another to be a teacher, a governor, or a minister of justice and equity? What is more natural, more useful, or just than for a father who discovers the several abilities or adaptions of his children to appoint them to their several callings or occupations. God did not say that Jacob should be saved in the kingdom of God and Esau should be doomed to an eternal hell without any regard to their deeds. But he simply said that two distinct nations, widely differing, should spring from them. <clears throat> We're on page 86 at 93%. Once again, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. And one should be stronger than the other, and the elder should serve the younger. And if one nation is stronger than the other, it can assist to defend the other. If the one nation serves the other, it will have to claim on a just remuneration for services rendered. If one inherits a blessing or priesthood through which all nations shall be blessed, surely the nation which is composed of his brother's children will have an early claim on the salvation through this ministry. I should esteem it a great privilege if, while I was serving my brother, and we were both partaking of the fruit of my labors, that he should be elected to a priesthood through the ministry of which myself 
and all my posterity as well as his own might be taught, exalted, and eternally saved. By our mutual labors, then, we could be mutually benefited in time and in eternity. Okay, so when we come back on for Monday's program, that'll be Monday, May 2nd, we'll start with Chapter 8, which starts on page 87, and we'll be talking about Lucifer and the evil spirits. I got plenty to say about that. So anyway, like I said before, the guest call number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. And the chat room is now, uh, has been open and available for people to ask me questions or make comments. And you can find that chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. Okay. So let's go live and see what Kim has for us. I think that she'll probably be reading uh, how to qualify for the celestial kingdom today again, but I'm not sure. I, if she needs to cut the program short, that's fine. It just depends on what she can do, and if she's got other things she needs to do, that, I completely understand that. Anyway, let's see what she has. So let's go live. Thank you for listening. Okay. I was in a bad area. Are you there, Kim? Okay. I don't know what's going on. I just did the wrong thing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. My headset is acting weird. I don't know what's going on with it. I turned off all the other Bluetooth devices, so. Set my headset and uh, I'll be right back. Okay. Um. All of a sudden, I just didn't hear anything, so I was like, "Hello," and then I pushed the wrong thing to unmute myself. So, oops. Okay. And are you hi, on back. right now? Oh, hi. He's not. No, I have the studio pulled up on my tablet that I can but uh, he's not on there, so I don't know where he's at. Anyway, uh, so that was just, you know, the program for today. Kim uh, is uh, tired. Uh, Did you want to read still, or do you just want to not read today? Um, I also have Arius throwing a fit, so I keep muting myself. Sorry. Okay. So are you going to read or no? You don't have to if you don't want to. It's not a big deal to me. Um, probably not tonight. I'm not. Sorry. Okay, that's fine. I'm just. I figured too much. much. I mean, you had a <laughs> stressful day, and yeah, it was. But I think it turned out okay because you know prayers, prayers help out. So that was good. Yeah. I don't find out exactly till tomorrow, but at least my headache is now gone and. You know, all of the end-of-the-year stuff um, is happening as well. So testing started today uh, for me, for my personal testing that I have to um, – I give tests to the kids. But then also as a way of making it um, 
fair, I suppose is how it is. Um, I also, my children, all my students, they get pulled out and tested by other people as well. So it, it isn't just all one-sided. It, I do um, part of testing, and then there's like four other tests that they're pulled out for from different, um, you know, interventions and different aids and different, um, you know, people in our school who do that stuff. And so it makes it fair so that it's not just um, how I grade them, but it's, you know, it's done so well and um, they practiced a lot. So I trust all the people who are pulling. And, um, but it is stressful for this time of year because I am not the only um, class, you know, there's three classes and uh, we kind of all are like, oh, I hope that our numbers are kind of even. <laughs> and that's what we look for. Like we don't care if we're, higher or low, you know, or lower than each other as long as we're in the same ballpark. But when one of us is, like, way lower or not even close, then we're like, oh, goodness, what did we do wrong? <laughs> so uh, that yeah. kind of testing has just begun, and it does take us, you know, four weeks to get all of it complete with, you know, as many students as we have because combined we have, like, um, 70 students or something. So um, the combination of that many students is a lot for that grade. Between and then, three um, teachers. Yeah, between three teachers. And then um, we um, we also have a field trip coming up. Yay, we're going to have a field trip. But that's also not like the most, you know, it's kind of stressful as a teacher because you're like, don't lose a kid. <laughs> you know, do a good job. Make sure that you handle everything. Bring all the paperwork. Have a first aid kit. So it's, you know, that's a little bit of a stressor. And then um, our own daughter has a field trip, and I get to go to that. So that's an excitement for me. I'm excited about that. And then um, we have our end-of-year graduation. So um, because of the grade that I teach, then I um, do a graduation. We, um, I don't think it's required, but, I mean, it's expected. So I don't <laughs> like the difference between the two. Um, but Are you expected. giving out participation trophies? I am not doing participation trophies, but I am giving out little <laughs> diplomas. Um, I give out diplomas. Um, we started learning a song today that is so cute, and I can't wait for them to sing it in front of their parents. <laughs> and, um, and it kind of makes me sad. I started writing a poem um, getting, you know, and trying to find like inspiration to help me write this poem um, that I can read also at their little graduation which I'm very excited about because it's heartfelt, you know, and I do love, I fall in love with all these kids every year. So I do love them and I'm so excited for them um, that they've done such a great job during the year. And um, yeah. And then I will be giving you, uh, out, um, awards. I do give out awards for their testing. So like, um, I don't give out. Yes. Yeah. I was Hello? just going to say you have prepared the beast for school. <laughs> Yes, yes, and I, I um, these testing that we have done now, I don't give the highest kid. Oh, sorry, he's gonna get fussy. It's okay, I'll kiss All better. There we go. Better, mommy fixed it. Um, so I don't give out, you know, for the highest scores or you know something like that. But I do give out awards to the kids who did better um significantly better than their you know first scores because we test beginning middle end of years and so they've had a few tests done quite a few um periodically through the year and so now i'm kind of excited because 
and like do a good job. You don't all have to be the best kid in the class. You don't all have to be the highest, but I want them to be the best that I could possibly have helped them to be at this level. So it's super exciting for me, but also very stressful. So yeah, I had that kind of day too. Um, yeah, with behaviors too, and those seem to unravel at the end of the year. And so I'm like, oh goodness, <laughs> what am I going to do with them? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So stressful, but I love my job anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess we can play some stuff that I pre-recorded before. Of course, you don't have the ta- uh, the uh, you don't have the studio pulled up on your tablet because you don't have the password for it. Cause you've never done that before. I usually rely on Emmett to do that sort of stuff, but he is missing in action. Have you even have you even talked to him today after school? Yes, he's sitting right here with us. Emma, why don't you have the studio pulled up then? Or why haven't you called in? He's saying a whole bunch of things off there. He said, I just got here just a little bit ago and haven't done that yet. Okay. Well. All right. Well, yep, so. um, I guess just mute your mic. I can just start it from my iPhone. It's not a big deal. It kind of is, okay. but not really. It's just hitting a button. I don't mind hitting a button. One button. Anyway, all right. Well, this is the revelation for the modern church directed specifically at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it, it is applicable to all of the branches of the Restoration. So, anyway, this is part one of the Revelations, and it's 33 minutes long. And then uh, part two is 26 minutes long, and then part three is 45 minutes long. And we'll, we won't get into all of that today, but we'll do part one anyway. So... Here's this, part one of the revelations directed at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of the branches of the Reformation, which uh, revelation comes directly from the Father and the Son. They kind of interchangeably speak. You have to have discernment to know which one is saying which, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter which one's saying which. What matters is if it's true or not. And also... Um, this is part of the setting in order. I do claim to be the one mighty and strong of D&D section 85 and Isaiah chapter 28 and the Davidic servant. It's all over Isaiah. Anyway, here we go with this. Go ahead and mute. Everybody mute. Okay, so... I'm going to be reading a bunch of modern-day revelations. Um, This is too long to do in one recording, so I'll just do a little bit at a time, but I'll read them here, and I want to share them on the program. So, For did I, the Lord, not send mine only begotten unto the Jews, saith the Lord? And did they not reject him who was appointed my firstborn, by me, saith the Father. And did they not have their high priest also, even as ye, O Ephraim? So these are revelations 
to the LDS Church, not from the LDS Church. For it is written, for it, I'm sorry, for it is that mine only begotten, and that one mighty and strong, have they not been twin brethren from before the foundation of the world, saith the Lord of the whole earth. So, the reason the Father is saying this is because there is the office of the morning star, which our Father and God the Creator holds, and then you have the bright morning star who is Jesus, or Yeshua, and he is the first apostle or witness of the Father, and Messiah ben Joseph, or God the witness, is the second witness or apostle of the brother uh, of the Father, and he is mighty and strong. But that there, for the first presidency of this earth under the direction of Yehovah our Elohim, our God the Creator, who is Michael, who is mighty and strong, God the Redeemer, who is the first witness and apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong, and God the Witness, who is the second witness or apostle of the Father, who is mighty and strong. And then there are 12 others who are mighty and strong for this earth as well. And then under them stand the noble and great ones who are like the 70s. Let's see here. And it is that that one shall stand to judge Ephraim, and one Judah, and they are one be with me, my two witnesses, before the foundation of the world, saith the Father. And which is greater, for out of the mouth of these two witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord God, who is the Father of both heaven and earth. And thus it is that that one mighty and strong should be sent unto thee, that ye be tested even in these things, as the Jews by mine only begotten, to prove you, saith the Lord, whether ye will be obedient unto me through my spirit, saith the Lord. For it is that no man knoweth my will, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's see here. Okay, and then this is another one. One to ye Latter-day Saints, for I prophesy that unless you repent and return for the first work to the first works of the restoration, that the time is not far distant that you shall be destroyed by the God of Israel in an earthquake and an overflowing scourge, which shall annihilate your much touted holy ground. For the wrath of that mighty one, who I am a witness, is gathering against you that you cannot escape unless it is that you are rebaptized by the authority of the higher priesthood and the apostleship which I have been given by the Father and the Son who have sent me. And it is that when my mighty ones return, the heavens shall wage war against the earth, and the wicked, yea, the proud, and them that rejoice in wickedness, shall be cut off, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, saith the Lord God. For the heavens are mighty, and they who come shall burn them up, saith the Lord God of hosts. For that war fought before the world was made shall continue upon the earth, that all shall know with an astounding affirmation throughout all eternity that there is none who standeth beside the might and power and glory of the Holy One of Jacob, 
who it is that speaks through the mouth, O Israel, through my mouth, O Israel, as anciently. Therefore, woe, woe unto they, saith the Lord. They are that say, all is well in Zion. Yea, that crieth all is well, and who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, will rely upon the arm of flesh. For cursed are all they that rely on the arm of flesh. Or who hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, save their precepts, shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. For ye shall perish, and the punishment of the false prophet, saith the Lord, shall be given as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him, even that of a damned soul, saith the Lord God, even so. Amen. Okay, and this one has to do with the revelation received in July of 2013, where I was commanded to sever the ordinances of all the holy people, which prophecy is found in Daniel chapter 12, where the man clothed in linen scatters the power or priesthood of all the holy people, which are the LDS church and all of its offshoots. This is the word of the Lord unto you who are of Ephraim. Because the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, who is the Father, gives you one gift, need not suppose that he cannot give another. For his work, neither his word is yet finished, that he cannot cause more to be written. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth. Wherefore he was formed by mine hand, that I, the Lord your God, the Father, should give unto you another gift, for having given the children of men one gift, which is Jesus Christ, ye need not suppose that I, the Lord your God, cannot give unto, unto men another gift, which is the second witness, or God the witness, the Holy Ghost, Messiah ben Joseph, um, the Davidic servant, he has, I have many names. For he, the second witness, is the man like unto Moses. For he also is in the similitude and very likeness of mine only begotten. For if ye receive him not, then ye shall not be received by me, saith the Father. For I, the Father, did cause it to be written that there is none other name given than Jesus, who is mine only begotten Son. And this pertaineth unto the Jews. For it was a trial unto them to believe in Jesus of Nazareth, even as it is a trial unto you, O ye Gentiles, to believe these things. For I, the Lord God, am no respecter of persons. Therefore, why is it, O ye saints of Israel, that you require the gateway to be brought unto you and narrow even unto them. For ye, even ye, garnish the, and praise the name of mine only begotten Son. And yet, when I the Father do send another gift unto you, you cry blasphemy, even as did the Jews. Are ye better than they? I say unto you, nay. For ye in your ignorance as to your righteousness and your sloth do lift up your hill against him, who was, with, who was as him, Jesus, even mine only begotten in power, 
Yea, before the world was made, for he it was also that was with me from the beginning, saith the Father. For I am I the Lord God of Israel, and not Judah only, saith the Lord. And ye, O Ephraim, shall receive him whom I have sent, saith the Lord, or ye shall be cut off. For he whom I am sent, even my servant, is that one mighty and strong who should come unto you, O Israel, as mine only begotten did come even unto the Jews. Therefore, see, O Israel, that that thing, or that that which did come upon the Jews come not also upon you to the uttermost. And he's speaking of the desolation of the temple in 70, 69 and 70 A.D. For he was also with me from the beginning, and I have given that he should speak words, yea, eternal world, words for the salvation of the children of men as my second witness. For out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, saith the Lord of the whole earth, even the Father. Thus saith the Lord, can a bitter fruit or can a bitter fountain bring forth good water? Or can a man being evil do that which is good? For it is, saith the Lord, that by their fruits ye shall know them. For the fruits of my spirit, saith the Lord, do they not testify of me, even Jesus Christ, whom ye have hitherto not known? And that which testifieth of me is not that which testifieth of me, is it not by me, saith the Lord God of Israel? For I am he that doth speak unto thee through the medium of mine appointment as in times of old, O Israel, who have been scattered among the nations. Now is the time, saith the Lord, for thy regathering unto mine anointed as in times of old, that I, the Lord God, shall remember thee, O Israel, and lead thee by power such has not been seen before or sense, yea, even from Babylon, with an outstretched arm as Moses, which is fallen. That gathering place in 2016, God told me to gather to Emory County, Utah, and then when time gets, gets to be too dangerous, that God has given us a place that is south of here in the wilderness, northwest of Lake Powell in the Escalante National Park area. And uh, if you're watching sometimes in the videos or in the, uh, the podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, I've got pictures and stuff that pop up on the screen. And if you see the picture of the man standing in the water in the beautiful place that is the location of the uh, of where we will gather when the whole world is burning around us so anyway <clears throat> therefore that which is sent of me doth not conflict and contradict my words and my purposes which I have spoken through the mouths of others of my my servants the prophets even Joseph Smith and others concerning Israel. And anything which contradicteth these my servants who have gone before is of the devil and his fault, saith the Lord God of Israel. Therefore, that which is sent by me, saith the Lord, 
testifieth of me in my words, in my purposes, which change not. But they, the false prophets, do change my laws and ordinances to become friends with the world and to become popular. By this key ye may detect the, ye may detect the false prophets and apostles. For I, the Lord, will not vary from that which I have said, but am the same in all ages of the world. And the plan of salvation hath it not been exactly the same? For that which saved Abraham, even the law thereof, must save ye, O ye stiff-naked and unbelieving generation, which are, are for are ye not also the same in thy unbelief before me, O foolish man and O foolish woman? And it is that the evil one desired through false administrators who have hijacked my church and led many astray to contradict former revelation, which even the angels of glory are forbidden, neither can they do, saith the Lord. And this is why I'm always talking about Babylonian businessmen hijacking the church. This is where I get that from. False administrators who have hijacked my church and led many to contradict med, uh, former revelations. Continuing on. And anything which doth not teach men these things, even to believe in me and my words exactly as I have spoken them through the mouth of my servants, the prophets of Israel, yea, that which also doth not edify and thereby testify of me the life of the world and the life thereof, even Jesus of Nazareth, who speaketh unto thee, O man, is of the devil, or is of the evil one, and is darkness and produces despair. And my word, is it not also quick and powerful to the cutting asunder of both joint and marrow? Therefore it is given unto you to judge that ye may know of me even the author and finisher of your faith, whom the world in its wickedness has not known, even Jesus of Nazareth. And if ye call good evil and evil good, ye are no better than them that cast me out, even as a thief and a robber, and as a vagabond without a home. For did I not cause it to be written that the foxes have holes and the birds nests? But it is that, but it was that the Son of Man had not where even to lay his head, even I, the firstborn and most intelligent of all the spirits which were begotten by the Father thereof. And thus it was a requirement that I, even I, Jesus Christ, descended below all things, even that my people, the Jews, become my persecutors, that I might do the will of him who sent me, who is greater than I, even the Father, that none might have excuse concerning the difficulty of the way at that great and last day. Even so I drunk of that bitter cup, and I did cry mightily unto him who sent me, that this cup, cup might pass even from me. Yet I, the Lord God, bowed my head, and suffered that his will, who is mightier than I, yea, even my Father, who revealed himself unto me in that day, that even his will should be done, even the shedding of my blood in great drops of upon the ground upon which men stand to this, this day. So Jesus actually has seen the Father. He was, he was given the fullness of the priesthood by the Father, and he is the first witness of the Father, even as I have seen the Father and embraced him.
that happened with Jesus too. It's not in the scriptures, but it did happen. Continuing. And I will that all, rich and poor, come unto me through my servants and drink from that well of living water spoken of. And he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, saith the Lord God of Israel. Remember, all powers and conferrals, priesthoods or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one remaineth, that you must receive your salvation in ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled, saith the Lord, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God, and swear with an oath, and will not repent, saith the Lord, that ye shall not enter into my rest, except it be through my servant, whom I have appointed. And that happened in July of 2013, when I was commanded by the Father to fulfill Daniel chapter 12, wherein I lifted my hands to the air, to the square, after the manner of the Melchizedek priesthood, which I do hold, and uh, the fullness of the priesthood, which I have received of the Father, directly from the laying on of hands of the Father, to sever the ordinances and the power or priesthood of all the holy people. And this right here, remember all powers and conferrals, priesthoods or offices are hereby done away in me, and one, even one, remain, that you may receive your salvation in ordinances and conferrals from him who is appointed, and any counsel or the effects thereof are hereby annulled. So, it's a hard reset, basically. It's setting the house of God in order. Continuing, And when I, the Lord God, did speak unto my servant Joseph Smith, that I should that it should be that no one should be appointed to receive revelations and commandments except my servant Joseph. I, the Lord, did provide that he should abide in me, and that as long as he should abide in me, saith the Lord, then it was that he should be the one empowered to speak in my name as moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And my servant Joseph, saith the Lord, did abide in me even unto the end. And how much greater, saith the Lord, is my servant Joseph in mine eyes than those whom ye sustain as your presidencies. For the powers of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and may not be controlled nor handled except upon the principles of righteousness, saith the Lord God. And if it should be that the presidencies of my church, saith the Lord, should fall into into transgression, then they also shall not have power to speak in my name for the welfare and benefit of my saints or the members which comprise my church, saith the Lord. For it is not written, for is it not written that I, the Lord your God, even Jesus of Nazareth, did say while in my power among the Jews, if thine eye which seeth for thee, him that is appointed to watch over thee, to show thee light, becomes a transgressor and offend thee, to pluck him out. And it is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. And did I not speak unto my servant Joseph concerning the manuscript of the book, 
which he had been called upon to translate, that although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God and follows after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. And how much greater, saith the Lord, was my servant Joseph than those whom ye in your perverse and stiff-necked generation sustain as your presidents. For even Lucifer, was he not given authority before the world was made? And did I, the Father, not cause him to be cast out, even though he be my son? And if I, the Father of heaven and earth, spared not them who were deceived from before the foundation of the world, do ye imagine in your, vain, your hearts, O vain man, that I will spare thee, even if it should be that all perish? Yea, even though it should be easier that a hand be cut off, yet it be better to retain heaven with one hand than to be cast into the church, uh, into be cast out with two, saith the Lord. And this hath been a law throughout all time and also throughout all eternity among them who are gods and the sons of God, even Elohim. Are ye, ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, different than they in your iniquity? For all my servants, the prophets, have been first cast out by your churches and synagogues, O Israel, and then stoned and crucified and persecuted when it was that they dared, when, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, to speak against them who ye lift up as your presidencies who have gone contrary to the covenants which I, the Lord God, did make with their fathers, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was that Paul was smitten by them when speaking concerning their high priest, as well as mine only begotten, as well as mine only begotten in the flesh, saith the Father. Was he not spit, smitten across the mouth by the guard for Im, impertinence? And so it is with you, O ye ignorant, haughty, and stiff-necked generation concerning him who was received before the foundation of the world, that he should come unto thee, O Ephraim, to save and redeem thee by power which hath not been seen since the days of my son Enoch, who shall return with ten thousand of the saints in this day, saith the Lord God. For it is that my servant... Is he not one mighty and strong to thy salvation, O Ephraim, from the chains of the bondsmen which doth afflict thee night and day? And is not thy slavery, O Ephraim, worse than that of Pharaoh? For it is that the elements shall move hither and thither at his command in that day when, I, when it is that I, the Lord God of Jacob, shall speak from his mouth. With thunder in that day, saith the Lord God. But ye must come unto me, even thy God, O Israel. And it is that, th that in this day I, the Lord God, will extend mine arm for thy deliverance from Babylon, O Ephraim, as prophesied by my servant, who was one of the greatest of my servants to walk the earth. And as I said concerning thy high priest, 
Were not my servants Peter, James, and John, were they not put into prison for preaching sedition against the high priest of Ephraim? Are ye better than the Jews, my chosen? For were they not the sons of Abraham like unto thee, O Ephraim? And was not him who was reserved also smitten like unto him of old by his home teacher, in that the police of his day did disregard these things as anciently, O Ephraim? And this thing also was for preaching sedition against thy high priest, O Ephraim, who is like unto Caiaphas, who sitteth in the temple of God, as was written by my servant Paul in the second chapter of the book to the letter of, to the Thessalonians in that day, saith the Lord God. And was it not that this should come to pass before the day of mine advent as prophesied by my servant that it should come in this generation that now standeth upon the earth? And is not that son of perdition that sitteth Revealed by these words of mine, saith the Lord. For thou and thy wickedness, O Ephraim, have exceeded anything concerning that which I, the Lord God, have spoken concerning any other people. For it is in this idolatry, because you worship your prophet and your leaders, that ye shall be smitten from generation to generation if ye repent not, and come unto me, through him who was appointed unto thee. Even for this purpose was he sent, as was Jesus unto the Jews. Are ye different than they, O Ephraim? For ye imagine up in thine heart that if we had, ye had lived in the days of the prophets and apostles that were with me in my power in that day, that ye would not have partaken with the, that generation of the innocent blood, and yet ye have not lifted up, and yet have ye not lifted up your hands against him who was sent as mine only begotten, reserved for thy salvation from before the foundation of the world, O Ephraim? And is not mine adversary the prince of this world? For mine adversary, saith the Lord, did buy up armies and navies, Pharisees, Sadducees, high priests, presidents of priesthoods, that all that he may reign with blood and horror on this earth. And how is it that ye, and how is it that ye are different than they, O ye stiff-necked and perverse generation, who have also been deceived? For it hath been a requirement of mine anointed in all ages of the world to descend below all things, and how are these things possible if it is that he does not descend below the generation in which he lives? For woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, and blessed are you when all men shall revile against you falsely for my name's sake. For so did their fathers unto the prophets who were sent even unto them Ephraim. And did I not, and did not I, the Lord God, say through the mouth of my servant, Woe unto him who is at ease in Zion, yea, woe unto him who is, saith, all is well, yea, all is well, Zion prospereth. And are not these thy words at this time, saith the Lord God of battles and burnings? 
Yea, what meanest thou, O man? Was not my servant Nephi a prophet also, when I, the Lord God, did move, did move upon him by the power of my spirit, which is as a consuming fire, which did cause even his mighty frame that it should quake from the power thereof? For he, even he, did prophesy of thee, O Ephraim, or ye that call yourselves Latter-day Saints, even at this time. For it is that I, the Lord God, have known the end from the beginning, even before the foundation of the world have I known thee. Therefore, repent, repent, lest unhappily ye find yourself in that torment which shall consume thee as a consuming fire, O ye rebellious children, who are full of iniquity. For hath it not been written, that by the weak and simple and the despised things of the earth, that I, the Lord God, would thrash the nations by the power of my spirit? And are ye not a nation unto me, O Ephraim, that ye should come out of her, even Babylon, and take thy place among the nations as a queen that thou art, O Ephraim? Ephraim, my beloved, from before the foundation of the world, for thou, even thou art my beloved, saith the Lord God of Israel. For was it, was it not that Enoch was slow of speech, even that the people did hate him? It did not my servant Moses stutter, and this because of his meekness before my people? And was not my servant but a boy when he did slay Goliath? And was not my... No only begotten considered to be the least in the kingdom of heaven by them that who thrust him out and would not feed him that he wandered alone in the desert without friend among men being tormented because of the exquisite truth and power which was his to wield for the salvation of mankind and they did crucify him O man and thus the warfare which which began before the foundation of the earth or of the world hath it not been been continued here, O man, against the holy priesthood of the Son of God, and shall not be ended until one or the other is bound and driven from off the earth. But them who did serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life. But them who do serve me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal life with the Father and the sons and daughters of God. But them who hate me, saith the Lord, shall receive eternal death and shall dwell with the devil and his sons for all eternity. If it should be that they will repent, not repent and be obedient unto mine ordinances, saith the Lord. And their worm dieth not, and their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone. And the end thereof no man knoweth save he shall be made partaker thereof. And this key, saith the Lord, I give unto thee, O man, that ye may be able to detect and discern any influence, whether it be from that evil one or by my spirit, saith the Lord. And that which causeth your souls to expand and to believe in the sons of God, ye may know with a perfect knowledge that it is sent by the gift and power of God for the salvation of the sons and daughters of men. And on the contrawise, 
that which doth cause pain and distress of soul and despair, and that which causes you, O man, to turn away from the God that made you is not of me, saith the Lord, but is of that evil one. So I'm going to end it at that. We're at 32 minutes into this reading as it is, and I have to go to work. So thank you for listening. I'll try to get part two up probably sometime this week. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll have to play part two later on because we're at, uh, we've only got 12 minutes left in the live streaming portion of the program today. And we... I don't want to go into overdrive, so we're just going to end it at this. Uh, Kim, Emmett, do you have anything that you wanted to say before we go to the closing music? I can't hear you. I don't know if you're there. Guys are still on. Hello. Okay, I guess you're not listening. All right, well, I guess we'll just go to the end of the radio program. I'll cue the music. And uh, we will not have a show tomorrow, but we will have one Monday. So we'll go live Monday through Monday to Thursday from 6 p.m. to until we're finished. Uh, sometimes the live streaming portion can go from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then uh, if we go over into overdrive, we can go all the way till 9 p.m., and that's Mountain Standard Time. So, all right, well, thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless, and goodbye. Mm-hmm.